Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, the host of the E2E podcast. Thanks for being here. Today, we are talking to Allison from Inspired Budget about how to create a budget you can stick to. I can't think of a more perfect topic to discuss in the month of January. Many of us are getting those credit card statements from our holiday shopping, or we may have gone a little overboard on some of the incredible post-holiday deals. So I'm excited to have Allison on the podcast today to inspire us to create a budget we can actually stick to. Before we get started, this episode is sponsored by the E2E membership site. The goal of E2E is to help teachers love being a teacher again through personal and professional development. Ownership is the theme of the membership site this year. We are chatting about owning our emotions, our relationships, and having healthy boundaries. That includes healthy boundaries with money. We have so many fabulous modules within the E2E membership site, and you can even earn completion certificates to use within your school district for PD credit. You can learn more about E2E membership and about E2E by visiting www.educatorstoeducators.com. Don't forget, that's the number two. Allison is a blogger, influencer, speaker, and the founder of Inspired Budget. She and her husband paid off over $111,000 worth of debt on two teacher salaries. During that time, Allison grew to love budgeting and personal finances. As a teacher and a small business owner, Allison combined her passion for teaching and finances to help others learn how to start budgeting. Since starting Inspired Budget in 2017, Allison has been able to retire as a teacher and take her desire to help others full time. Now as she is helping women all over the world get started with budgeting when they feel lost, and overwhelmed. She has built a following of over 100,000 women and men on Instagram. Allison, welcome to the E2E podcast. Hey, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. Allison, you have so many exciting ways that people can learn more about you and what you're doing. So we are going to talk about that at the end of this podcast. We're going to share out links and how people can find you on Instagram. But today, let's get started about creating a budget you can stick to. This January is kind of a hard time of year financially for a lot of people. Oh, you're right. So many people have that, oh my goodness moment after December hits, after Christmas, when they realize maybe they overdid it. Maybe they tried to write a budget for Christmas, but it just didn't go as planned. And so they're looking at their finances. They're looking at maybe their credit card statements. They realize they went deeper into debt and they have decided this ends now. (laughs) I need a change. I don't want to continue down this path. And so January is just such a wonderful time for people to kind of tighten up their budget, refocus on their financial goals and hit the ground running. Well, and it's interesting in these times of COVID, I think that a lot of us have actually been saving money during COVID. We're not traveling. We're cooking at home more. I know personally, my husband and I were shocked at our, uh, we we put everything on our credit cards and pay them off every month. Yes. That's what we do. Like we've never not paid off our credit cards. We're very passionate about that, but mm-hmm. we do that so that we can look at our prior month spending and say, hey, 
usually it's like, we got to stop eating out so much. (laughs) (laughs) We were shocked during those first few months in COVID, you know, March, April, May, how much money we were saving. Yes. Uh, But I feel us slipping back into some old habits now. And I definitely could see myself going a little overboard uh, during the holidays. We are, by the way, taping this before the holidays. So I'm saying that. So I could see myself slipping up during the holidays, maybe um, feeding my soul, my sad holiday soul that we're going to miss out on some of the bigger parties we normally go to by buying stuff for myself. Right. Right. And that's very common. Is it very common? Yes. And it's very common for people to, whenever they stop going out to eat, be shocked, utterly shocked by how much money they're able to save because food is such a large variable expense in people's budgets. And we don't realize because it's just small purchases here and here and there how much they add up. Even the cheapest places that I can think that you can eat is McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. But even if you take a family or four or six out to McDonald's, like that adds up over time. Yes, it sure does. And that leads perfectly into the first part of what we're going to talk about, which is becoming an expert in your finances. So can Mm -hmm. you talk about that? What does that mean? What does that look like? So to me, whenever, you know, my husband and I started our journey, I felt uh, very unaware, very unaware of finances in general and unaware of how to write a budget, how to pay off debt, how to take back control of my money. And what I realized and I, I thought, well, you know, this isn't for me because I didn't major in finances. I didn't have some sort of a business major. I didn't have any financial education, formal financial education, because they really weren't even teaching it in schools at the time. And they still aren't teaching it too much now. But what I realized over time is that I didn't need to become an expert in finances to become an expert in my finances. So often we can become overwhelmed by all the language that we hear whenever we're talking about money and finances. But really, whenever you're able to focus in just on you, your money, your budget, your debt, it's not that hard and you be, you can become an expert in your finances. And that looks like first starting with getting yourself organized. Know your money inside and out. Know your money habits. Know where you're sending your money and be aware of everything. Just like you would want to be aware of yourself if you were sick. You know, you would know what medicine to take. You would go to a doctor. You would know, you know, if you have allergies, you know that your allergies come at a certain time. We need to know the same thing about our money and our finances. Would you say that when people, I know you have a membership site and people go Mm -hmm. through this journey with you, Allison, of figuring this out. I'm imagining you see lots of different personality types. I imagine you see people who are more like me that I, I like to look at the big picture and the vision rather Mm -hmm. than the absolute little details. And then I'm sure you see people that like all the little details. So I'm sure that comes with different challenges based on your personality. Yes. And also, if you're married, there come different challenges because you have to compromise. And it's hard to compromise about money and finances, especially if you feel like you're right. There's no necessarily right or wrong. It's very gray on how to spend your money, especially when it comes to your variable expenses. And so becoming an expert in your finances, to me, looks like knowing the details and creating a plan, creating a plan that you sit down and whether you're, you have a partner or not sit down with your partner. And sometimes partners don't necessarily want to sit down with you and that's okay. You can still do it alone. You can still try to write your budget alone, but create a plan, write a budget to 
help you stay on track and reach your financial goals, whatever goals those may be. And those goals are going to change over time. And that's totally 100% okay. So getting yourself organized, knowing exactly what you're, what you want your money to do, and then following through with that so that your money can work for you. Let's talk about spending a little bit. I know I'm definitely the spender in my household and I've reframed that to be a positive thing, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Naturally, I think a lot of women are the spenders in the household, Um, Mm -hmm. not to place gender identity on this at all, but (laughs) a lot of times um, I am the spender. I'm the grocery shopper. I'm the one that watches the kids to see if they're growing out of their clothes. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that plans our vacations. I just naturally do that. And I think I used to feel guilty about that. Yes. So I'm that person too, but I actually get a thrill from spending money. And I'm talking, I get a thrill from spending money that I might not even have. Like when I'm walking into Target, I used to go into Target once a week, grab my latte, walk literally up and down every single aisle, Carrie, because I didn't want to miss anything. If Target changed something, I wanted to know. This was like almost like my escape whenever I was a new mom. It allowed me to get away for an hour. And what I found was that I loved spending money. I got a thrill from it. But every single time I was spending money, I was going so much overboard that I associated spending money with bad. And whenever my husband and I started setting a budget, we set a budget for me to have no spending money. And that was um, good in theory. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in a perfect world, it would have worked out wonderfully. With a perfect person, it would have been great. However, I'm not a perfect person and you aren't either and no one is. And so we had to learn that it's okay to spend money. It's okay to give yourself permission to spend and that spending money isn't necessarily good nor bad. It just is. And one of the ways that we helped me create boundaries with my tendency to overspend was to give myself a personal allowance. And it literally was an envelope that said Allison on it. And I would get, I, I wanted a hundred dollars a month. And my husband was like, how about 10? And so we settled, I think on, it was like 20 or $30 a month. Ouch, 10 is barely enough for that latte. I know. He doesn't, (laughs) he's not a spender. He loves saving money, you know? And so when you're dealing with different personalities, there has to be compromise. And so we were trying to pay off debt on these two teacher salaries with kids in daycare, which I know, crazy expensive, two kids in daycare. There wasn't a lot of breathing room in our budget if we wanted to reach our goals. So I would get my spending money and I could spend it on whatever I wanted. And that taught me to give myself permission to spend, but within the boundaries that fit our family's goals and needs. And it really helped me honestly just learn that spending is okay. And that, yes, I love spending money, but I can save my spending money to spend money on something that I want and then let go of the rest. That makes so much sense. I mean, I know we just, in our house, we kind of just made an adjustment. I looked at my husband one day and I'm like, we work, we both work super hard. Yes. And we spend so much money on our kids. And I'm not saying like with toys, like mm-hmm. more just my kids are very active. They yes. play sports, they do dance, they like to be involved and that's expensive. And I'm like, we don't really spend money on ourselves that much. Like we have a gym mm-hmm. membership. Let's start using it more. So we've been getting right. in that gym and making the most of every dollar we spend there. 
But like we just went and signed up to each get a massage every month at one of those places oh, where good. you can. And and I said, we we got a great deal. I negotiated a deal for us. But nice. I mean, I said, we deserve that. And you know what? We both went for our first massages and we're like, man, I really appreciated that hour. You're right. We do work hard and it's mm-hmm. okay to spend a little money on ourselves. Yes. And what makes it okay is that you have a plan. You're not doing it aimlessly. You sit down, you find the money in your budget. And I like to think, you know, you're not going to be able to afford everything in this life. There's always going to be more that you can't afford. But when you're able to find something that's important to you, you can save and spend money on what is most important and leave out the rest. And so for our family, one of the things that's most important to me is the Peloton membership. I have a Peloton bike. I look forward to spending the $41 every single month on that membership. And I never thought I would say that ever. Yeah. But I, that is more important to me than maybe monthly pedicures. Yeah. And so you look at what is your top priority and it's okay to have one thing and let go of the rest. And it's okay to give yourself permission to spend as long as you have become an expert in your finances first and you're setting a budget that will work for you, which it can be hard and not every budget is going to work every single month. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be unexpected expenses. Things will come up. But when you're creating a budget that is realistic, it allows you to give yourself permission to spend guilt-free. I don't know about you, Allison, but Being a small business owner myself has made me even more look at that. I think I'm so much more, I know my business finances Mm -hmm. so well because I'm so careful about every dollar I spend for my business. And I use something called the profit first model. So I have a plan every time revenue comes in, like I have a plan for that, those dollars. Um, and that's bled over a little bit to my personal life. Again, I don't like the details, but I think when you said become an expert in your finances, I, what I like about you is you really do simplify. Like I paid for your planning calendars and you're really, but they're really simple. It's not, not overwhelming to go through a lot of the tools that you have. So I'm a person of those. Yes. And that's the thing is money can be overwhelming. And so when you can find a way to simplify it and break it down, and not wait until the end of the month to focus on it. That's when it becomes overwhelming. I like to tell people, work five to 10 minutes a day on your on your finances, on your budget, and that is it. And for me, that looks like, you know, there are going to be times whenever I sit down longer, like for instance, yesterday was payday. And so the day before that, my husband and I sat down for a longer period of time and worked on a budget. But then every day for five to 10 minutes, I track my expenses in Quicken. I have a system that works for me. I check on our bank account. I make sure, you know, do we need to move any money over? What bills are coming up? And spending five to 10 minutes every single day inside of my finances allows me to make sure that we're on track. And that way, every week, my husband and I have a weekly family business meeting where we touch on the on the budget because I'm the detail person. He is not. I love the details. So I enjoy being in the details every single day. And then once a week, I just come to him and I say, hey, here's how much money we have left for restaurants. You know, we we went overboard last week, so we can only eat here this week or we're gonna have to not eat out this week. And just that touch base, that time to spend together allows us to kind of refocus and get back on track if something previously that week 
kind of came up. So what if you do get off track? How, how do you come back from that? Oh, well, here's the truth. You're going to get off track. So number one, don't beat yourself up. You are human. I get off track. Our budgets get off track usually every single month. And in the past, in the past, when our budget would get off track, we got paid once a month on the same day as teachers. And so say, you know, 10 days in, our budget was off track. I took that as a free for all. I took that as, oh, we had this unexpected expense. Oh, well, we'll just start over next month. And then I would just spend like crazy. And it was awful to the point where we were pulling money out of savings to cover our regular bills. So I learned very quickly that I can't allow myself this freedom when I mess up. This freedom of, well, I get paid in five days, so we'll just start over in five days. I can do a lot of damage in five days when it comes to money. As a spender, oh my, I could do a lot of damage in two hours. So what I learned for our family is to write many budgets when you get off track. And those have truly changed the way that our family has budgets and many budgets like I really truly believe these are the things that helped us pay off $111,000 worth of debt and you're saying many m-i-n-e right not many m-a-n-y yeah yeah many (laughs) m-i-n-i so there are smaller smaller budgets and basically what it is a mini budget is let's say that you realize oh my gosh we've gotten off track we're overspending you stop and you pause You catch up with your finances. If you're tracking your expenses, finish tracking your expenses and look, how much money do you have left in your checking account at this moment? You know, including the pending charges, anything. We want to know exactly how much money you have. And let's say you get paid in five days. You write a small budget to last you from today until payday. So I sometimes do it on a sticky note. I'll say, okay, we have $300 left in our checking account. We get paid in five days. I know I need to go to the grocery store. That's going to be $150. I know I need to pay the gas bill. That's going to be $25 for our home. I know that, you know, that's coming out on auto drafts. I know that we're going to have to fill up with the car with gas one more time. That's $30. And you literally create this really small budget to last you. That way you are getting back on track now and not waiting to start over. I love that. And one of the things I did this fall was a no clothes. Like I bought some, my kids are growing very quickly. So I updated mm-hmm. them. I, I went, I put a number. Okay. I'm going to spend this amount on each one of them um, because I know they're going to get a bunch of stuff for Christmas, right? Christmas and their both their birthdays right, were coming right. up. So I bought those. And then I went on like a cl- no clothes freeze. I don't know how to call it. Like I didn't buy yes. any clothes. A spending freeze. Um, and especially for me, I find that if I'm feeling a little bit like, oh, I'm not feeling super great about myself or I'm feeling kind of blah, like, oh, if I buy a new sweater or a new shirt, that'll make me feel good about mm-hmm. myself. And so yes. what I, I focused so, on like going, getting my winter clothes out because mm-hmm. I live in Chicago, like refreshing and reorganizing my closet instead of going out and looking for something to make me feel good. Right. And so what I have, because I think, you know, money is emotional, and it's it's silly to pretend that it's not. Money seeps into every aspect of our lives and every day you are likely dealing with money. And so to think that money is not emotional is it's just a lie. And so a lot of times we react 
emotionally to other things in our lives, we react by spending money. You know, I know that there were times whenever I was in college, it was like, I celebrated oh, I did well on a test. Let me go get a pedicure. Oh, um, my boyfriend dumped me. Let me go shopping to lift myself up. Oh, I'm bored. Let me go to the coffee shop and order coffee and eat there and study there. And so really what was happening was I was creating these habits of either rewarding my sad, you know, changing my sad behavior into happy behavior, just changing my emotions with money. And so now what I actually have on my phone, let me pull it up, is I have a list in my notes app on my phone and it is called my happiness Mm. list. And what it is, it is something that is simple, sometimes free, most of the time free, sometimes very inexpensive that when I am feeling some way and I have the urge to turn and spend money to deal with my feelings, instead I stop, I pause I sit with my feelings because so often we spend money so that we don't have to sit with uncomfortable Mm -hmm. feelings. I sit with my feelings. I acknowledge them. I might say something like I'm feeling, you know, lonely today. My kids are at school. My husband's at work. You know, I haven't talked to a single soul because I run my own business. I'm feeling really lonely today. Right now, what I want to do is go walk the aisles of Target and buy myself something to help myself feel better. When I sit with my feelings, those feelings of loneliness, feel them, then I go to my happiness list and I do something from my happiness list. And it's as simple as taking a walk around the neighborhood, taking a nap. Naps make me happy. <laughs> like, Drinking an iced coffee, which still is spending money, but I could also make an iced coffee at home. Getting time out in nature, reading a book, watching a movie I like, playing a game with my kids, spending time with my husband. I have a list of things I can do whenever I do feel emotional and I want to spend money so that I can, you know, just treat myself and my finances better. Life is better. such a cycle. Like cycles are embedded in our life in mm-hmm. so many ways. We've talked about this with healthy boundaries and ownership and the E2E membership site. Mm-hmm. And we're focusing on ownership. And and one of the things I think I've really had an aha moment about and I share about a lot is that actually looking at what makes us happy, what actually mm-hmm. does make you happy. Like I've realized putting on a 15 or 20 minute restorative yoga session on my computer in my office when I'm feeling kind of blah, it's absolutely free. And although sometimes I might not feel like doing it every time I do it, I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. why don't I do this multiple times a day? It lifts my spirits going to target right now and getting a pumpkin spice latte might make me feel good for the time I'm drinking it. But does it really Mm -hmm. make me happy? Does it really? And digging deep and breaking some of those habits or doing things that you think makes you happy, but it's actually for other making other people happy. Mm. Right. Ooh, I like, love that is one. baking cookies. Is that, are you, does that really make you happy for me? Yes, it does. The act of baking. But like a lot of people <laughs> say, Oh, well, if no. I'll, I'll bake cookies. That'll make me feel better. Cause I can go give it to someone. And I, like, I just think it's like digging mm-hmm. deep into what actually does make you happy. Mm-hmm. And then that ties right back into spending money. Yes, it does. It does. And we have, a lot of us have seen our parents, you know, use money as rewards or treats. Like I just think, I mean, and every, every parent needs to parent on their own, but I just think of like growing up, my mom would give us money for certain grades on our report card. And it was like, and 
that's a wonderful motivator for children. But then I think, oh my gosh, what did that teach me about money? And then what did that teach me about my grades? Am I, yep. if I got a B or, you know, like B, I wasn't as smart as my brother. So then I was seeing him get all of this money. He did, he was just naturally, ta- he's just naturally just really freaking smart. Smart in a different way than and you, so, but right. Smart yeah. in a different way than me. Yes. Smart in a different, smart in like a, he builds airplane engines yes. for a living smart. <laughs> and you lead right? and inspire I'm people. Smart. You have high emotional. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So smart in different ways. Um, and so it's just very interesting. Just when you really sit down and think about it from where it comes, a lot of times it stems yes. from your childhood and then self-soothing with spending money. And I know a lot of, a lot of people struggle with this, but then some people don't like my husband has no desire to spend money. So I just, <laughs> well, and I think it goes back to, I grew up <laughs> extremely poor, three kids and a single mom. And uh, as we grew in life and she got remarried, like we, our family, they were not spenders. And I think absolutely mm-hmm. that ch- it turns back to why I am a spender because we didn't get those. My mom and I were just laughing that I used to beg mm-hmm. to get a salad. Remember at McDonald's, they used to have those like chef salads. Like, I would beg her, Can yes. you please get a salad. And she was like, no, we can't afford that. Like you have to get the happy meal or whatever. We were just laughing about yes, that because so we're in different fantastic. places now. But I do agree with you. Like, Exactly. We've gone a little bit off subject, but I think, or not off topic, but I think this is so important <laughs> is really digging deep and seeing, okay, where mm-hmm. is this? If you are a spender coming from, and if you're a saver, where's that coming from? So, yes. And it, it all comes back to money habits. And when you are able to recognize and face the truth of your money habits, become an expert in your finances, give yourself permission to spend and be willing to write many budgets, then you will be able to write a budget you can stick to. The more knowledgeable about yourself and your money you are, the more realistic a budget you can make that you can actually follow through on and then see reach your goals. Because so often people write these budgets, they're not able to stick to them. They say, budgeting doesn't work. This will never work. I'll never be able to pay off debt, save money, do this, do that. So I'm just going to give up. But it's because maybe they're not aware of their money habits. They're not becoming an expert in their finances and they're not writing a budget that's actually realistic for them and their family. So our three takeaways from this conversation are become Mm -hmm. an expert in your finances first, then give yourself permission to spend things that you budget for and enjoy spending. Yes. And then three, when you get off track, write these mini budgets. Don't go on a binge because you got mm-hmm. off track. Actually write yourself a little week-long mini budget, whatever you need to do. And then stick it on the fridge. Post it where you can see it and you can reference it. Let your spouse see it. Let your kids see it. I mean, you know, it just shows them, hey, these are the boundaries we have. We get paid in five days and, you know, this is the boundaries that we have in place for us so that we can reach our money goals. Where can we be inspired by you? Tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Instagram at Inspire Budget. You can go to my website, inspirebudget.com. And if you are listening to this podcast, then you can actually listen to a podcast that I host with Chris Browning from Popcorn Finance. Our podcast is called This Is Awkward, and it's where we share awkward money situations and we talk about how you can navigate through them without losing your friends and family in the process. I am subscribed now to This Is Awkward. And Allison, thank you so much for coming on here, being vulnerable, telling us your story. I am just proud to know you as a female entrepreneur. uh, And I look forward to a long partnership with you and Inspired Budget. 
Yes, thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Educators to Educators podcast. Before all of you go, I want to make sure you know where to find out what's going on here at E2E. We have a brand new digital newsletter that we have launched in 2021. And you go to the same place every week and we change the info based on all the exciting stuff that's going on here. So you want to check that out at www.educators2educators.com backslash newsletter. Once again, educators2educators.com backslash newsletter. That, of course, is the number two in the middle of that. So go there. We have YouTube videos. We have what's trending in Teachergram and on Teacher Facebook. We have just all kinds of workshops and opportunities. So you don't want to miss that out. Bookmark that. Check it out. And until next time, my friends, keep on teaching on. Teaching on.